Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Alex Barth here on a Victory Tuesday. Been a minute since we had one of these, uh, but it's good to see the Patriots finally get a win. We saw them start to kind of build on a good, uh, good but not great performance against the Raiders. Obviously, plenty of mistakes led to them losing that. But I think a lot of the bedrock of that game and the things that were carried over into the Bills game and allowed them to actually secure a victory. They're going to have to carry that momentum, though. A lot of work to be done next week against the Dolphins, who are all were actually coming off a loss against the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. This win. I'm getting so excited. But <laughs> we're going to talk about the last game preview a little bit of the next game obviously mailbag so we got some questions we're going to be taking your questions uh but now that i'm done with my spiel alex how are you doing buddy how you feeling today i'm good i'm good it is nice like you said to kind of be covering a win it's been a couple weeks it's a different kind of week after a win for us and uh, it's a little bit easier so feeling good Yes, sir. So one thing we're going to talk about right before we get into the mailbag questions, Troy Brown, I don't know if he meant to, but he let slip that Marcus Jones, unfortunately, out for the season. Obviously, cornerback, returner, offensive weapon, wore a lot of hats for the Patriots, uh, but he's not going to be around for the rest of the year. This all came up while talking about Demario Douglas and his ability to be a punt returner. Troy Brown gave him credit saying that it's not easy to be a punt returner as a rookie because there's a lot of rugby style punts in college. You don't see those in the NFL. And also in the NFL, these guys are professionals. So there's a lot more emphasis on hang time and ball placement rather than just, you know, kind of get it up there and do your best because the skill level is obviously very different. But what did you think about Marcus Jones's loss? But also, if you want to talk a little bit about Pop Douglas and what he was able to do uh, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. We kind of heard what the nature of the injury was going to be. It seemed like a stretch he'd be back. If if he was going to be back, it was going to be late in the season. But big loss. They're kind of starting around it out of corner now with Jack Jones coming back. Jonathan Jones is starting to look healthier, so that helps. I like Demar Douglas returning punts, though. I mean, you saw it on Sunday. That was an impact play he made, returning that punt. So the more they can get of him just with the ball in his hands. However, that happens, I think is a good thing. So not that Marcus Jones can't do that. And he's obviously missed and he's a guy that can be a spark plug, but if you're going to lose Marcus Jones, having tomorrow, Douglas, it's not the worst plan B you could have. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. I feel like if the Patriots fed pop like 10 touches in a game and they lost, everybody be like, Hey man, it is what it is. At least we got our boy involved. Uh, but yep. So without further ado, we'll start taking mailbag questions. Amit, please. And thank you. Pitch us up. Number one, would you kindly see what we got? All right. So what happened with Mapu? Feels like we haven't seen him much since the Miami game. Uh, I could take this one first. Um, So, yeah, Marte Mapu played, I think, about 10 snaps in the game. His whole role this season has really been kind of the third big nickel safety against base personnel grouping. So you think about base, you're thinking only two receivers, which means there's either multiple running backs or multiple tight ends, but it kind of puts defenses in conflict where you're not totally sure if they're going to run or pass changes from team to team. I think this week we're going to see a lot more Marte Mapu as we did last time they played the dolphins. His usage spiked in that game kind of gone down uh, based on the opponents they played. And it's been hard for him to make a big impact because one, He's been an interchangeable piece with Kyle Duggar and Jabril Peppers. When they're in there in that package, they could be deep. They could be in the slot. They could be in the box. When Mapu's at linebacker, you saw the physicality from him in the senior bowl, and I think that's what caught a lot of people's eyes. He was like throwing a shoulder into offensive linemen to win some of those blocks. 
But now at the NFL level, I think you're seeing that when guys get their hands on him, he struggles to get off those blocks. So I think that's one of the reasons you're not really seeing him make a lot of plays. And then when he's deep in those positions, it's really hard for you to make an impact play, especially if it is a run. Uh, So I wouldn't say he's been poor or anything like that. uh, But I do think that maybe going forward, I'd like to see him get more snaps in the deep part of the field where he can use his range. Uh, But yeah, for the most part, been a really interchangeable piece for them only in certain game plans, but we'll see if he can make an impact this week. Yeah. To me, it's just more than, I I think that's a part of it. Like the Raiders game, that's not a game you're going to play a guy like that a ton. But he's a rookie, and we know their hesitancy to play rookies. It's well-established, and I think the role that he would play, being such a focal role, I think they want a veteran in there. So maybe as the season goes on, he gets more experience in practice. We start seeing him more. But, you know, they when they drafted the guy, this was kind of the big question. Are they going to be okay with a 230-pound linebacker in the middle of their defense? Mm-hmm. That's not who they've ever been. And are they going to be okay with that, or are they just going to mix him into rotation and safety? And right now they're just mixing him in the rotation and safety, and – Real Peppers is playing too good to come off the field. I think that's a big yeah. part of it. They got to start playing him at linebacker. You got to play him for what you drafted him for. Yeah, it's kind of funny because they call him a linebacker, but PFF kind of was like, yeah, we're not buying that anymore. I think now he's listed as a safety because of how they use him. Like linebackers aren't really playing in the deep middle ever. So if you're really going just by the eye test, that's what he is. But I know also on uh, on your show, 98.5, before the game, we actually talked about how much role is he going to play. And I mentioned, I think, that Mac Wilson, he's usually the spy or has been for the past couple of seasons when they play Josh Allen. A lot of people, myself included, were hoping to see Marte Mapu in that role. But I think when it comes to certain things like that or as a true linebacker in sub packages, that seems to be Mac Wilson's area, especially now that he's bulked up a bit. And a little bit better when it comes to the physical side of this game. Still has some trouble getting off blocks. Uh, but, yeah, he's kind of got competition in that role of being a true sub-package linebacker with Mac Wilson. We'll see what happens as the season goes on. But, yeah, like you said, more on the rotation is that third kind of big nickel safety. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the next question. What have we got? What have we got? One, do you think they'll keep playing and when he would tackle finally? Two, obviously the Bills were missing two starting pass rushers. How much should we temper our offensive line praise? Alex, you want to take this one first? Yeah, I, I they, they should keep on running with tackle. I think not doing that pending an injury is a fail, failure on the part of the coaching staff. Plain and simple. Failure mm-hmm. if they move him off of there. Not only is he – so there's three levels to this. He's not he, – he's their best right tackle. He's probably mm-hmm. their only NFL caliber right tackle, especially well – Riley Reef is hurt. Yeah. And having him there makes other spots better. This is something I've talked about, Taylor, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of this from offensive line people, people who study offensive line play, especially in the league right now where there's like a shortage. I don't know whatever 32 times five is, right? The total number of starting offensive linemen in the league. Mm-hmm. I or, or Let's call it tackles, right? 64. There's 64 starting tackle spots. Are there 64 players in the NFL that are starting caliber tackles right now? I I don't know. I don't think so. I think you could say the same at guard. I think there's less than 32, but like guys have to be out there, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this belief that's basically if you're good in four spots, you'll be fine. You may not be the 90s Cowboys or the, you know, early 2010s Cowboys, but you'll be fine because you can cover up one spot. What the Patriots had to do the first few weeks, they're covering up multiple spots you move Mike Onwenu out to right tackle. Cole Strange also played well, so we'll give him credit where it's due. I thought he had a good game. 
And now you're, you have a rookie at right guard. Okay. You cover that up. He's got David Andrews on one side, Mike Owenu on the other. That's very doable. Mm. So I think you have to, have to, have to keep him at right tackle. As for the bills missing on defense and how much that tempers the offensive line play, play they were mostly missing interior guys. Mm-hmm. Greg Rousseau played Von Miller played. You wouldn't know it, but Von Miller yeah. played. They did put like five snaps or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was, it was like closer to 20, wasn't it? Was it? I thought I heard of somebody on the, on the Maybe Bills beat saying it was something I, like I'm, five. I'm, they they have a big rotation. Like the point is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Look, they're missing Ed Oliver, which I think changes things on the interior. It's not an unfair point to point out, but in reference to Wenu, he held up against starters and he was good. So I, he deserves all the credit for that one. We'll see what it looks like. I mean, Christian Wilkins is better than Ed, Ed Oliver. So even if, mm-hmm. and I know some people might disagree with that. I think he is. Even if Ed Oliver had played last week, we were still talking about a step up in competition for the interior offensive lineman this week. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting to watch, but I think in terms of the tackle play, they had the real test and they handled it. Yeah. Yeah. Von Miller played six snaps. So clearly oh, working his way back from injury there. Yeah. That was sneaky though. Like, like you said, it kind of seemed like he didn't play it might a have ton. Been 20, like the week before or something. I think, yeah, I, I got it up right here. It was 27 the week before. Yep. You got it. Um, so yeah. Unwenu. I think long-term he's a guard. I don't think that Mike and Wenu's ideal career position is tackle, but with the situation they have right now, it's been a no brainer since the summer that you don't have tackle talent. It's not easy to find tackle talent. You could have either overpaid in free agency, which I did not like, like if there had to be a plan going into the season, it's all right. We haven't drafted somebody who can play tackle for us. We're not going to pay more than what guys on the market are worth. So I feel like on Wenu should have been at out at the edge from the beginning of the season. But of course, you know, he was hurt. Maybe they didn't want to put him in that position when he was already kind of recovering from his ankle. So whatever the case may be, but this season you've got to put him there, especially with city. So having a pretty good game at the right guard spot, I thought one, he's a pretty experienced guy. He's a rookie, but he's played a lot of football, especially in college. So you saw that at times where there were moments where Mafi, when he's in there, he's just a tick late or sometimes very late picking up blitzers and stunts and things like that. And I thought you saw that city's awareness was much better in those situations. It also plays a lot of power. Like he had, I think he threw three guys to the ground just in pass protection. And then when he was combo, Going with David Andrews and Mike and Wenu on in the run game, they were making a lot of people uh, play pretty far back off the line of scrimmage. So that combo, I'd love to see what they can continue to do there. Um, on Wenu, one thing about him is because he is a natural guard, you're going to have a bit of an issue when it comes to really good speed rushers around the edge. Um, like I, I know I was looking at the tape from earlier in his career and Matt Judon actually beat him for a sack, which is pretty funny um, back in and when he was rookie season. But again, I definitely think this season that's where he is best utilized. And then the Bills, I, they were missing Ed Oliver, but frankly, I think Ed Oliver had like two pressures in two games against him last season, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Cole Strange handled him pretty well last year, so I don't know how much of an impact or how much of a difference he would have made. Uh, Daquan Jones though I will say like missing both of those guys was pretty big for them Daquan Jones a really good well-rounded player but especially the offensive line is banged up as well like sure the Bills were missing people but Cole Strange I don't think he's 100% I don't think and when he was at 100% City so he's played a lot of football but he hasn't played a ton of NFL football so he's still kind of figuring his way as a professional in this league so I think it was definitely not just a strong 
uh, first test for them. But I think it gives you enough confidence to say, okay, we can move forward against the Dolphins and really continue to see what this group has. But, you know, there's always some risk involved. And there's also risk involved when you decide, hey, I like the odds in this game. I'm going to throw down some money and see what I can get. And my favorite partner to use when making such bets is FanDuel. I actually think we've got a promo for him. So I'll throw to that and we will be right back. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM1234. All right. So what do we got next on the docket? While that loads, I will say Andre Dillard. I saw that comment in the chat. Andre Dillard is having a very, very difficult season. So that move, I was I was saying if there was any move they were gonna make a tackle, I, w- I was hoping it was gonna be him. Looks like the Patriots actually made a much better move than they got credit for at the time. Uh, but next question, do you see technique or physical issues when looking at Darian Lowe? His three-play series was horrific. Coincidence, a turnover came. Think not. Of course, that's a joke. Um, with Vidarian, I would say there are physical issues. Like when it comes to his punch, it's been very predictable. And when you're going up against Max Crosby and all these really, really good edge rushers with a ton of experience, if you have a predictable strike, they're just going to wait for you to shoot and they're going to take advantage. When he gets his hands on guys, results are usually pretty solid, uh, but really just a lot of quick losses. In terms of the mental self, I think it's kind of tough to come in cold. As a left tackle, I know he came on the field, obviously, immediately got called for a legal man downfield. So, you know, that's just a tough break. I don't think mentally, really, that's where his game has been deficient. I just think that physically he's had a tough time against high-level competition as a player who, even coming out of college, is seen as more of a developmental prospect where it's like, okay, maybe if he gets a lot of experience down the road, he could fill in for you, be a lower-level starter. Um, but, yeah, I think really with him it's more of a physical issue. But what about you, Alex? I, I think it's some both. Look, I think he's a raw prospect. I think that's what he is. I think he's a guy that needed to develop an NFL body a little bit more. I think he's a guy that just needed some more coaching. I don't think the technique they were working on him with in Minnesota suited best to his skill set. Yeah. So yeah. working through that and like, you know, I look at him and this isn't a perfect comparison, but he's a guy I would think should have had a career process like Ted Karras where Ted mm-hmm. was a backup the first couple of years, kind of rotated in, and then he was able to really improve his game. Ted Karras started playing regularly in year three, was not the guy they drafted coming out of Illinois. I mean, different mm-hmm. players. So Vidarian Lowe's the guy that I think if you had given him a couple of years kind of in the background to work on his game, might have been able to give you something. He's not ready. He's just not ready to be playing in the NFL right now. 
Yeah. And you saw, like, he started because he had a solid game against the Dolphins. At left tackle filling in for Trent Brown, where it's like, yeah, if you just expect this guy to come in for a game, he'll probably be pretty solid, but definitely not somebody he want going up against some of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And great point, as you mentioned. Um, I actually asked him about that uh, shortly after they acquired him, what his technique was with the Vikings, because I noticed he was getting beat inside a lot, which with a pocket passer like Mac Jones is no bueno. You don't want to see that. And he was saying, yeah, with the Vikings, they were teaching him to be more kind of attack um, and really be the aggressor in those situations and also to protect outside in, which is odd considering Kirk Cousins is also a pocket passer. I don't know why they're teaching that technique. I haven't heard of any other offensive line uh, coaches who teach you to protect outside in, but he's literally learning a different style of pass protection with the pass. So like you said, I think he's more of a spot starter, somebody that you want his depth. Um, and I think that fans would appreciate him much more if he wasn't going out there every week. And like I said, going to get up against some of the best competition in the league. But, you know, fair question. Fair question. What else we got on it? The Patriots win against Miami. How should that change our strategy at the deadline? What if we lose? I feel like this is a good one to set you up for. Yeah, if they lose, it's sell. It's still sell. If they win, yeah, all right, you're three and five. You got two week games coming up. I, I still don't know. I, I, it would be really interesting to to know how they feel inside the building about those first couple losses because they may be sitting there and saying, "We're like three plays away from being five and two. And yeah. if that's the case, they may sit there and say, look, the, for the most part, the hardest part of our schedule is behind us. We can rebound. Some like 1% of teams, 1.4% of teams to start two and five, make the playoffs. So you, you're significantly up against the odds. If they win against Miami, just knowing Bill Belichick's nature, I think they do stay hesitant. I don't think they should. I think selling is important because it's adding that draft capital is going to help you in the long road. If they lose though, I mean, you're two and six, you're not, you're not making the playoffs. You got to start selling players because they need the the flexibility to move up and around the draft board in the spring. They just do because they have targeted needs. They need to be able to address them. I agree. I think that you sell like Josh Uche is somebody that I brought up a few times. I think you kind of yeah. sell on him regardless, just because yeah. they have their best with their second best second best pass rushing performance of the season last week, and he didn't even play. He was out. Keon White was out. Uh, you know the Bills. They didn't have a great game against the Patriots pressure packages. That was a really big part of it. But when you got somebody like Barmore, when you got someone like Jennings, who has really good rush discipline, and then Dietrich Wise as well, I think it's kind of tough to justify not moving on from Uche when he struggled. He hasn't been the designated pass rushing presence you hope that you would get from him with Matt Judon going down. And I think he's in a position where he could get you some really good draft capital. Outside of that, if they win against Miami, I think you definitely are a little more conservative. Like, I think if they really were in not tank mode, but we're moving on to next season mode. I think maybe you would have seen some of the more key pieces uh, like maybe a, a Kendrick Bourne, say somebody like that. Maybe even, I hope they don't move on from Duggar, but maybe even a Duggar, um, see them entertaining offers. But if they think that they can really make a push after kind of turning a corner last week, I think that there's still, like I said, Uche is on the table, but I think that they're gonna have a harder time moving on from people especially with the AFC East being in the condition it's in like the Bills are inconsistent wildly inconsistent this is the first uh they're they're kind of consistent Taylor they're kind of consistent consistent in a certain way consistent in a certain way but it makes the division interesting where you know going into the season everybody thought the Bills were going to run away with the division maybe with some competition for Miami but we're seeing that evil Josh Allen is poking his head up a lot 
recently. And then all the injuries that they've got on defense, like two of their best players out for the entire season. So you really don't know where the Bills are going to go for the rest of the season. The Dolphins are in pretty good shape. Their defense is good, not great. Their offense has a ton of firepower, but that offensive line is shot right now. Teron Armstead is out for the season. Major, major loss for them. I think we're going to see the Patriots front have another really solid day because I think Isaiah Wynn's going to be out as well next week, and he had a really good game against them. And now it's really kind of Robert Hunt against the world. He's a fantastic guard, but the rest of their offensive line, you know, isn't really great, doesn't inspire a ton of confidence. So you wonder how they're going to finish the season. And then the Jets, you know, they've been more competitive. That defense is nothing to play around with. But this is a division where, you know, if you – only drop a couple more games throughout the season, you really don't know what kind of position the Patriots are going to be in. So I think it's an interesting conversation where even if they do lose to the Dolphins, if it's still a competitive game where you're saying, okay, like, like you said, where we were maybe a play away from winning that game, I think that they say, yeah, we're still in the hunt. And I think that this is far from a lost season. So it's well, a conversation. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll say this. If you were to tell me, if we were going to go back to August, you were to tell me, Hey, First trip through the division, Patriots went two and one. I'd be like, wow, they must be like mm-hmm. one of the best teams in the AFC. They yeah. must be yeah. right. Everybody has a five, six win team, two and one in the division. Obviously not the case, but there's a reason I, I, people roll their eyes when Belichick and the players are like, oh, you know, what do you think of playing Buffalo? What do you think of playing? Oh, it's a division game. It's big. And like you're four games behind and people roll their eyes. No, they're big games. They are legitimately yeah. big games. And there is, if these two wins were against like the Saints and the Raiders, it looks a little different being against the Bills and the Jets, and then if you beat the Dolphins, you know, three and one in the division, that is certainly notable. Yeah, and also correction on my part. Armstead is on IR. He is not up for the season. That's my bad. Um, But, yeah, going to be interesting to see how the rest of this year plays out in the division, Um, especially the Dolphins. They're probably a drive away. Like, that was a really good final drive they put together. It gets sacked a couple times, and then it all, you know, kind of falls out of your hands. So, We'll see what happens, but I do think that uh, even with the loss, I think they're still in the in the mindset of we can win this season. Uh, but yeah, what else we got? We'll take one more from the mailbag we had going in, and then we'll start taking some of your live questions as well. Thank you all for tuning in. Obviously, always appreciate you. You talked about Taekwon not needing to be more involved, but want Douglas on the field despite Douglas being in the same boat TT is in terms of reps. He's young, second rounder, got to get him game reps. I do not think they're in the same boat. DeMario Douglas was repping with the starters almost immediately in training camp, which is something you do not see. It took Keishon Booty a long time to start even kind of getting in that mix. Tyquan Thornton wasn't getting reps with the starters until right before I think it was Green Bay practices. Enjoy practices like it took him a while. So there's clearly some either a lack of trust from Mac Jones, a lack of trust from Bill O'Brien or both. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I think it's very clear based on not only the way that they were in training camp and then obviously Tyquan Thornton being out for so long and missing so much valuable time. But also what we've seen in the games, he's hasn't really been a featured player. He got a target on uh, Max protect play action where Mac tried to hit him deep. Wasn't, you know, pretty throw. And then they gave him a jet pass, but he hasn't really been a big factor. So while he's got a skill set that's interesting, he's got rare speed. I'd love to see that integrated, especially with Bill O'Brien having success with a guy like Will Fuller, who wasn't great against physicality, similar to Tyquan Thornton, but had burners and could take the top off. You'd like to see him fall into that role, but I'm really not buying stock in Tyquan Thornton until I see more from him on the field. No. Uh, I, I'm I'm right there with you, and they need to win games. And Taekwon has not proven he can help them win games, and and that's just the reality of it. You to the point where you, if he gets a chance, he'll get a chance. But Demario Douglas can help you win games. Kendrick Bourne is going to help you win games. You know who is good? Who's been like sneaky good? I'm not saying play him a ton, but Jalen Rager. If they yeah. get him on the active roster, 
he's been better than Tyquan Thornton at this point. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you disagree, Taylor, but I certainly feel that way. So you got to put you got to put the best players on the field because the reality is you also have to be still, no matter what like happens long term, you have to be developing the quarterback. And putting a non-competitive wide receiver on the field doesn't help develop the quarterback. I said this back in the summer. Yeah, you did. You, yep. you shouldn't of. you shouldn't be in a spot where you have to pick one or the other to focus on the development of Mac Jones or Tyquan Thornton, but they are in that spot. That's just where they've gotten to. And when you get to that point, it is a no-brainer. Mac Jones' development is monumentally more important than Tyquan yep. Thornton's. You got to put guys out there that have chemistry with Mac Jones, that can work with Mac Jones, that can create, that can get big plays. That's Mario Douglas. This Mario Douglas, it's Kendrick Bourne. I mean, really, it's just those two guys right now, at least at the mm-hmm. wide receiver position. We'll see what happens when Juju comes back. Maybe Rager takes another step, but those two guys have to be on the field. And last week, they did go to a skill package quite a bit where it was Douglas, Bourne, and Rager. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that package in 11. There's good speed there. Yeah. Now, if they can't get Rager on the roster, I'm not opposed to putting Thornton out there and using that as the speed package. But he has to be competitive. Everybody right. acted like, and I think this is a big misconception about these like burner receivers. Everybody's like, oh, when you put him on the field, he's going to run deep and they're going to have to, you know, have a deep safety and they're going to have to play split safety to respect him. Well, if they don't throw him the ball, or he's just like not making, they're not, th- if they're not throwing him the ball down there, or he's not making plays elsewhere, no, they don't have to respect it. They'll yeah. keep covering him one on one. This is, was the problem with Nelson Aguilar. They, it was all right, fast guy on the field. He's going to run deep. Defense is going to have to respect it. They can't stand the box, stack the box. And basically, defenses started going, all right, we're going to cover Nelson Aguilar one on one. Go ahead, throw it out there. <laughs> Do it. You won't. And they didn't. And right. it can't be the same thing with Taekwon. And that's kind of the issue right now. Yeah, and it's, it's difficult because he doesn't have an ideal position, I think, in this offense. So if you want to put him at X, he doesn't have an X body type. And I, I naively kind of thought that maybe he puts on a little more weight when he gets to the NFL. And it doesn't look like that's going to happen. He kind of is who he is. And I don't know if he can beat that physical coverage. I don't know if he can take the top off against press consistently. Jalen Rager and Devontae Parker just have more NFL experience and closer to X body types because they're a little bulkier and then they have the speed. So it's like, okay, do you really, it's kind of fitting a square peg in a round hole with Taekwon Thornton. I like it maybe at X in certain packages, but definitely not like 20, 30 snaps there. And then, okay, you want to move him to Z. Well, that's Kendrick Bourne's spot. Are you taking Kendrick Bourne off the field to put Taekwon Thornton on? Because Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones have plenty of chemistry. Like they, they love each other. They talk about it all the time. They're really good friends. That matters, and I don't know if it helps you taking someone that he trusts off the field. And then in the slot, you got Demario Douglas, and we saw some of Taekwon in the slot last week. Uh, and then while you know Taekwon does give good effort as a blocker, he's not the best blocker on the roster either. I think Jalen Rager's been solid as a blocker. Kendrick Bourne is their best blocker. So it's just he doesn't give you enough where it justifies taking some of these other guys off the field. And in the positions where you're saying, okay, maybe you could start mixing him in more like the exposition, he's just not a great fit there. So I don't know, but I'm sure he's hungry for an opportunity and uh, I'm pretty hungry for lunch. And I'm actually going to have someone else who helps out at this show factor, love their meals. They do a fantastic job. I'm going to let you guys in on uh, some of what they have to offer for this quick ad. We'll be right back. 
With the NFL season officially underway, it's been pretty tough finding time to cook for myself and my family, and even tougher making meals that both taste good and don't destroy my body. <laughs> Thankfully, our friends at Factor provide ready-to-eat meal kits that are not only chef-prepared, but also dietitian-approved and delivered straight to your door. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know any chefs or any dietitians, so this has been a huge help for me on a daily basis. These save me a ton of money, I don't have to go to the grocery store to get ingredients, and most importantly, they taste fantastic. Additionally, they save me a desperate trip to the nearest fast food place when I have completely forgotten to cook myself dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 and use code patsdaily50 to get 50% off. That's code patsdaily50 at factormeals.com slash patsdaily50 to get 50% off. All right, so now we will be taking your live questions, so feel free, put them in the chat, and we'll do our best to answer. With all the news with Belichick's contract, how long do you think he will be New England's head coach and general manager? We actually talked about this one in the bus on the way to the stadium, so I want to yeah. give you a chance to tell the people what you think. Well, there's been a little more reporting since then. I, You know, the, the whole multi-year thing uh, uh, was the other term that was used was multiple years, and then um, uh, some other magnification of that uh not lucrative but yes lucrative contract <laughs> i'm gonna guess through 2025 mm-hmm. i think the rest of this year next year and one more and that kind of times out that's the mac jones timeline so either mac jones one way or the other bill belichick is going to leave with them not necessarily being set at quarterback but like he's not going to leave with the position unanswered either mac jones gets gets an extension and they're good there or they, they, he might be drafting the next guy mm-hmm. if, if, if it's, if it's next season, which is an interesting thought that he'd draft the next guy and walk away. But I still think it's two to three years of bill. I'd agree. I think one age has to be a consideration and how much longer he actually wants to coach. Now we don't know that, but also thinking about, all right, how long does bill usually give his older veteran players contract extensions? It's usually one to two years. So I think it's pretty fair to assume that yes, this year, and then the next couple of years after that, I know it was reported that it was only going to be two, through 2024. And then Albert Breer kind of pushed back on that and said, if that was what it was, it would be phrased differently. So, yeah, I think it's pretty realistic to think it's just going to be a couple of years because three just kind of sounds like a lot, especially kind of on their current trajectory. But, you know, things have changed since then. But luckily, we saw their turnaround because I was a little bit hesitant and my stomach kind of dropped when I saw it just because it looked like they were heading nowhere fast. Um, but we saw in the locker room, like the video they released where, you know, Pep was saying, or Jabril Peppers was saying every week, baby, every week, like that energy in the locker room, it, like, those guys are still buying in. And that was kind of a big question mark was, is Bill still relating to these players? And he's still bringing out that competitive fire in them. Clearly that's still going on. So I think, like you said, uh, a couple more years is probably realistic. I'll say this about that locker room speech, kind of a tangent here. Is Jabril Peppers a cornerstone player? I think I said 2024 captain Jabril Peppers, man. He's got to be. I I'm I'm getting to the point now where it's like I it sucks, but Kyle Duggar's not a free safety, and I'm worried that they've kind of stunted his development trying him there. Let him walk, make Peppers the lead box safety. Take that money you would have given Duggar. Use some of it to extend Jabril Peppers. Use the rest of it to go out and get a real free safety, and go back to the Devin McCourty single high defense. I wonder if that's the route. 
I'd like to see them just use Marte Mapu or Jalen Mills. I don't know if they're going to – actually, no. I was thinking about the Eagles, but they just got Kevin Bayard. We saw them use uh, Jalen Mills much more as a free safety and get Peppers and Duggar back in the box. Um, I am of the camp of you need to keep Duggar. Uh, but I think between Jalen Mills and Marte Mapu, I think you've got enough. Uh, maybe not this year for Marte because he's still adjusting. And like I talked to him before the season and he mentioned that free safety isn't something that he's super well versed in. Uh, but if during the offseason, you're like, yes, train in this specific role, because I think that's where he's best utilized with his range and his ball skills. Um, I do think that Jabril Peppers is a cornerstone and that you just need somebody else in that free safety role. I like when they kind of rock the coverage and you don't really know who's going to drop deep, but at the same time, they had Devin McCourty as the very obvious free safety for a long time. Worked out pretty well. Uh, all right, what do we got next, Amit? How should the Pats game plan against the Finns? Spe specifically building on what we were able to do against the Bills. You got any thoughts on this one? I, I don't know about like game plan stuff. I got it. That's kind of what we're going to be doing today, going back and watching the Dolphins and kind of yeah. how they've changed since that first game. But the, you got to keep a lot of what you did against Buffalo in terms of DeMario mm -hmm. Douglas playing as big a role as he did. Mike going win or right tackle. And then you got to tackle better on defense. That's a, mm -hmm. a, another big one. Uh, it ultimately didn't burn them. It probably should have. But too many missed tackles for a team that coming in was a top five tackling team in the league by most major metrics. The one thing you cannot do against Miami is miss tackles. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Can, cannot, because that guy gets out of the grasp, nobody else is going to catch him. Whoever it is, I say that guy, I don't need to specify which guy it is on their offense because it's all the guys. Got to <laughs> tackle better this week against the Dolphins. Yeah, and run defense needs to be better. It was tackling and run defense were both issues for the Pats last time they played the Dolphins. Uh, and we saw the run defense has gotten significantly better, I'd say, over the past few weeks. Raiders aren't a great rushing team anyway, but I think the Bills have been a pretty good one. And they gave James Cook a couple positive carries, uh, but for the most part, I thought they did a better job. But yeah, the tackling for the past few weeks has been kind of alarming. You don't expect that from the Pats. So still need to dig in and see what exactly the game plan is, but I would agree. And also just try to lean into the running game as much as you can, because we saw it kind of dry up towards the end of the uh, game last week. But I think if they can consistently have that in their arsenal on top of the quick game, and then you mix in some downfield stuff, intermediate passes for Mac to get some chunk plays off play action. I think that's recipe for success, but the biggest priority and why I mentioned run defense, especially has to be getting the dolphins in third and long. Like they already can convert in those situations, but you want to put Tua in those, you know, less than ideal conditions where he can't just get the ball out in less than two seconds. Like he has to hold on for a tick more. He can make big throws. We saw that on the uh, pass to Braxton Berrios where they were right near scoring territory. He stands in against the blitz. and just floats a perfect pass. He can do it, but he also has his mistakes where you see plays like the interception where Christian Gonzalez had, where it's right. not a great throw. It hangs up there and you give the other team a chance. I think two is going to give you those. You just can't let them always be ahead of the chains and kind of have the ball or the, the uh, script of the game under their control. That's where this offense is really scary. And it takes out their ability to run RPOs, which is what's yep. killed the, the Patriots the most against this team. So you can limit those. That's big. Yep. And not those like little dinking in space. And then the guy gets seven yards on first and 10. Like you just gotta, as much as you can get them out of that headspace. but good question. All right. What else we got here on it? Tackle or wide receiver in the first round. What are you thinking? You're the draft guy. Uh, I mean, we got a long way to go. We got, <laughs> we got a long way to go before that. I, uh, 
I'd probably take Marvin Harrison Jr. And this is right now, this can change. I'd probably take Marvin Harrison Jr. over either of the top tackles, but mm -hmm. I would take the top tackles over any of the other receivers. Fair. So, and I don't know that they're going to have, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be a top three pick. So I also, I, at that point, if you have a shot, like a real shot at Fashanu or Alt, I don't know that I'd overextend and trade up for Harrison. I think I'd probably take the tackle in the first round and then get a receiver somewhere at one of the other receivers somewhere else in the top 100. I think this is a deep wide receiver class. I have nothing to add. I completely agree. I'm not even going to pretend like I have this other glaring take. That's pretty spot on. Uh, all right. We'll take one more live question before we get out of here. i give us a good one, please. I mean, they're all great. You're all great. Everybody gets a trophy. All right. And if they do keep in one at right tackle, do we resign in Wenu? Because he's our tackle. I said this earlier. I don't think that Unwenu's ideal NFL position is tackle because I think he's got a guard's body and skill set, but has the freak athleticism at his size to survive at tackle. Um, and obviously great in the run game wherever he lines up. But in pass protection, I just think there are some matchups that are going to be really tough for him. Um, like you said earlier, though, there's not a lot of ta starting tackles in the NFL period. And Unwenu just is a freak and can fill in in that role. But yeah, if you re-sign him, I think you say we are going to put you at guard. And unless something crazy happens, we will not move you. And I hope if he's healthy and we see him, you know, be more consistent and not have to, you know, like we saw at times this year, leave the game early because that ankle's bothering him. He did play all of last week, which was huge. I want to give him credit for that. If that continues, I hope they re-sign him and stick him at guard unless it's a worst case scenario like what they've got now. Yeah, I, I got to disagree there. I think, if, if if there is a shortage of tackles and you have a guy that can play tackle at a starting caliber level, you keep him. Okay. I would also say in terms of him being a guard, and I think he is a good guard, drafting three interior offensive linemen in the top 150 last year only to re-sign Mike Onwenu was massive asset mismanagement. Fair. That's just what it Fair. is. You, you could have taken a tackle with those picks. You could have taken a pass catching back with one of those picks. There's so many other guys you could have mm -hmm. taken in those spots. I would re-sign on when I'd keep my right tackle. The other reason is it's it's hard to add a tackle. It's not that easy. We're talking about Joe Ald, Olu Fashano. These are top 10 picks or a guy like Orlando Brown or a guy like Mike McGlinchey, who you are paying a significant portion of the salary cap. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's not to say you can't add tackles. You have to, but it's a big undertaking. That's generally when you add a tackle – it's a highlight of your offseason. It's going to be one of the biggest contracts you give out in free agency, or it's going to be a top 50 draft pick. If you're adding like a real starting tackle, not a project player. Now imagine having to do that twice in the same offseason because Trent Brown sounds like he's testing free agency. He, mm -hmm. he made that very clear a couple of weeks ago. So do you really want to add two tackles in one offseason? This is why I, I stress so much they should add one last year. It's not just so it doesn't, the offensive line doesn't look like what it's looked like, but now you get into the spot where you have to add two of them in one off season. And that's a massive ask. So if you can bring on one who back, it just, it, it, it frees you up to be able to do, whether it's going out and trading for an elite receiver or drafting a guy like Marvin Harrison, maybe it's a little easier. If you know, you have Mike Owen at right tackle and you're good there. Maybe you can take Marvin Harrison or Jared verse in the first round and then take your tackle in the second round. Cause you know, all right, well, we got strange Andrews, maybe city. So comes through and when we know we're good in those four spots, 
if you let on when walk and you have to replace both tackles, that's a massive undertaking for an off season where the Patriots already have uh, a to do list. That looks like a CVS receipt. <laughs> I think you bring up a lot of good points. And to be fair, I think there's a lot of things that need to get figured out before we even get there. Like, he's going to continue to play right now. Right. right. Maybe, right, maybe right. Owen who sucks at right tackle for the rest of the season. It completely changes. I don't think that'll happen, but weirder things have happened. It completely changes the conversation. Yeah. But like, depending on how the season even ends, like how high is their pick going to be? If you have a top 10 pick, then I'm much more comfortable with, okay, if you need a tackle, you got the capital to do it. We don't know if David Andrews is going to be around next season or not. So I know they saw they uh, drafted Jake Andrews, but frankly, I would love to see Cole Strange move to center. I think that is where he would be best in the NFL. I also like the idea of having his athleticism and his toughness with two big bodies next to him. They also have City So, and the plan for him was to play tackle. And I think he may have a little bit more of the athleticism to play there. He was still adjusting to NFL speed. We saw it in training camp. We saw it in preseason. He didn't look good, but we also don't know how we can develop to give him an entire offseason and say, you are going to be a tackle for us. I think they got some flexibility. And also, just I think they do sign, re-sign Trent Brown. I don't think he's in a hurry to leave. He said plenty of times that you know he will test for agency, and I think that's smart just to see what he's worth because he's been here for so long. But I think continuing continuity and putting him – back on the offensive line will be huge. So if you sign him to a lot of money and you're going to sign Unwenu, I'd rather you give Unwenu guard money and let him play at his best position and then try to either use the draft or use somebody who's already on your roster like a city. So to try to shore up that right tackle spot. But again, there's so many different things that have to happen before we have any idea of what the offensive line situation is even going to look like in 2024. Uh, but yeah, I guess in my head, Canada, I got to say, I would like to see Unwenu. Uh, stick at guard and maybe you get somebody with a higher ceiling at that tackle spot if you have either the draft capital or the money which they will have in free agency um, if there aren't other more pressing needs anything else you got to add before we close this one out Uh, I think that's it for me all right thank you all for joining us obviously Alex Barth member of the CLNS media family can also catch him on 98.5 the sports hub does a great job wherever he is all the time always everything everywhere all at once Alex is fantastic Thank you all so much for tuning in. Appreciate you always, especially in the middle of the day. It means a lot to us. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we will see you next time.